Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. Hey y'all, it's 5 o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton and I am with the same cast of characters you would have heard last time. Um, I've got Evan from Plan B, Hillary from Rabbit Hill. You alright? Yeah, great. Um, and we still have Sean from The Seed and we have uh, Stark, my old head brewer, who's definitely not going to talk, but you should at least tell us the name of the brewery you're opening next week so everybody Hillary can come Stark. see it. Uh, it's Royal Vine. Royal Bine like a bee? Yeah, like a hot Nice, bine. like a hot bine. Got it. And it's down in the greater AC metro area by this guy, right? Yes. How far are you from Seed? Could you make a day of hitting both? You could. Yeah. Sure. Could you it's s- in Abseekin, so... Abseekin. Right down the road. Yeah, right down I don't know road. what that means. Um, could right you cycle it? Right down the road it? means, like, pretty, pretty <laughs> close. Down the same, the same traversable way. To be yeah. fair, the parkway is right there, okay. and that road takes me to you. And we just said That's before, right we're not road. really that far. Really not that far. <laughs> Strangely not far enough that we see each other as seldom as we do. Anyway, we're back. This is episode two. We have just finished brewing Planning Jersey, and we are about to brew a New Jersey IPA with the seed, and we're recording in the gap. I'm going to look up what we're calling your beer. I don't even think I've told you what we're calling it. You haven't. What's the inspiration for that beer, guys? So, you know what I do with the New Jersey IPAs is take somebody's big, dopey, fun, super, super juicy, hazy, and swap in Kolsch's. So, which of your beers did you send us to do that to this time? I think we're doing the Grist for Earnest Intent, which is our single hop series. Um, Uses Hillary's malted oats and Hillary's wheat. Um, One other... And chit. chit and chit malt and chit barley. Yep. Can you explain what chit barley is? It is malt that has only been given a very short amount of time to germinate. So, the process of chitting is when the germinative end just starts coming out of the end of the seed kernel. So, chit malt is like just barely germinated malt, and then we stop it. So, in the in a grist for an IPA, that would be helpful because it would have. More unmodified or less modified starches and proteins. Very cool. Actually, I I mean, I know what that is, but I wasn't aware of people using that in IPAs. Is this something that you came up with or you heard about? Oh, no. It's not something I came up with, but it definitely um, is more commonly used in IPAs to help build body, mouthfeel, head retention, lacing, head retention, head retention, all of that and, stuff. And chill hate. I mean, we're in all these, this world of hazy IPAs these days, we're not looking for yeast and suspension, we're looking for hot polyphenol interaction with proteins. So it's going to give you a lot of those longer chain, under-modified proteins that'll hang around to hold all that hop saturation in place. Cool. I think, yeah. And have you used, I know, because you, uh, well, it's his recipe things. this time. Uh, Sean, Sean uses um, her ingredients all the time, Hillary's ingredients all the time. But Augie, have you used chit barley or Stark, have you used chit barley without using Hillary? We've been using, the yeah. first recipe up there was it. Was I like the first chit time versus um, using Carafone. Actually, a collaboration we just did post you, but we just did one up the street and they sent us a recipe with Carafone and I was like, make that chit. Yeah. We used, the first recipe I wrote chit into was Idifa, which was 11 years ago. Interesting. Welcome back to Talking Chit. <laughs> so you went all that way for that joke? No. I, 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 you're not sleeping in my house tonight. You're back sleeping in the yard. That joke, that joke does not get you over privileges. You went that far for, you went that far for a chit joke? No, I was... 
Come on. <laughs> I was, was going to ask Hillary too. You, but you've, you're growing oats and wheat. Uh, are, are you growing? Because it's been a while since I've talked to you about your your fields. Are you growing rotationally those things all within a year, or rotating different seasons and storing oats and wheat and barley or or? Uh, yeah. So oats. Out of all the small grains, oats is the only one that we would need to plant in the spring for a summer harvest. Oats is not hardy enough to survive a winter in our climate. Uh, but Wait till all, next year. Yeah, we'll see. They probably would have survived last year. We're not going to have another winter. They probably would have survived last year just fine, but um, typically they wouldn't. Uh, but barley, wheat, rye, spelt, all of those things we plant in the fall and harvest in the summer. And we're just going to plant one crop, harvest that same one crop and then store that crop and malt it out batch wise throughout the year. Sure. But you, you'll have all of those grain mm. varietals in one. Mm. Yes. In one season. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And they'll get rotated around Did the farm with some of our other crops. So they're not on the same land every year back to back. That's great. And have you found success with kind of, that practice of trying to keep the, the ground guessing and keeping things like fusarium and all those other uh, problems that you so have. So, back planting. to steal this farm. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to get farm it involved. <laughs> have you found that that's effective? Like the difference between, say, uh, growing wheat and, because you're growing winter wheat and you're growing winter barley, and you rotate the barley to the where the wheat was the previous year? Are you, is that working in terms of keeping the ground guessing? I it's guess? okay, but you would want to move it further away, something less similar. So like wheat and barley are cousins, so you would want to move it to something totally different um, if you can. And we do when we can. So. Well, awesome. so when I've been down, you guys, or at least last time I was down, and I know I missed this year, but one of the fun things I'd see you do is you like pick a certain amount of ground and just trade it with a neighbor. So in the middle of your cereal grains fields will be tomatoes or strawberries or something. And they're growing a similar plot for you just to somehow force a rotation that is, yeah, you know, more dynamic. Yeah. Uh, so we, do, we've, do, you, do they do that up by you? Cause that's, I love sitting, I'll be like, all right, so I'm pretty sure I know what that is. So I pre- what the fuck is that? And she's like, Oh, those are strawberries. We're growing them for a friend. I'm like, go on. Yeah, so the, Don the, Pepino, the to, yeah, John Pepino's sauces, <laughs> it's all, yeah, the tomatoes are, uh, a, a vegetable crop was something we were missing in our own production to hit the right production window and rotation possibilities, so we trade with it. I neighbor. just love that, like, but it yeah. seems so neighborly. Yeah. Well, to be in Jersey and see a farm, it's, it's upsetting enough, but to see two farms getting along, that's a very special experience do in you, this state. Do you think that's something you could... You know, you could have those plots, those shared neighbor plots, and also they're changing the soil for the next year, and it helps your rotation. But could you could you do a year where like uh, either uh, Sean or Augie brews a beer with those tomatoes or those sure. strawberries, along with all the triticale and wheat and oats and things that are anything that possible. Start. Uh, can we <laughs> brew a tomato beer down by you next year? Sure. <laughs> that's the first yes I've gotten out of Stark in six years of friendship yeah. every time I'm like Stark I want to burn tomato we're like shut up you gotta call it gravy shut up we're making Pilsner yeah. shut up we're making style IPAs it's a new that's thing. a New York thing oh, exactly. Jersey people don't really say gravy well, not from New York so. um, alright so, so what brings us together what brings us together so this where we already did the glass I feel like sure. that, that segment went by way too quickly um, talking farm talk? or farm talk farm talk with Evan what happened? What'd you I say? I said because you weren't talking. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it. I like to slow things down, give people a chance to catch up. I mean, it's a courtesy I give the, the thieves at home. Um, we're pretty scared of seal this beer. It's a candid conversation of beer. What it is, not what we thought it would be. What it's doing, not what we hoped it would do. And how it tastes, not what it's worth. To facilitate that, we drink blind out of, in this case, obscured mm-hmm. by very expensive duct-taped carton tasting glasses. Right? Did the duct tape Taylor come did from the the duct tape No, this I checked downstairs. It's Gorilla Tape brand oh. duct tape. Okay. I don't know what that means. Like, What's the duct tape? It's right there. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so and then we talk about it, and the three of us and Stark, you are blind as well. So the four of us are blind. Um, there's a neat kind of milk chocolatey 
Hershey's syrupy, but all malts, like not like, I'm always, it's so hard. These things I used to get so much credit for identifying a beer and now I'm in trouble because it's not actually that thing tasting like that thing. And there's a little bit of smoke in there, right? I'm not picking up any smoke. No smoke at all? I've got the littlest bit of smoke. Like it might just be heavy roast, but I've definitely got some kind of, some kind of beyond my art toast. I can see that. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't get any smoke though. There's a really nice texture to it. Uh, at first, I thought it was a pretty straightforward, like milk stout base. Um, it is I, cream. As I go through, I don't know if it's lactose or if it was just nitro packaged and has that soft carb. Yeah, I've had, I've had, a sh- I've had two or three slips that might have just been a Schwartz beer, but there is a sweetness to the whole thing that doesn't let me commit to that. But these days, I mean, I won't say which Massachusetts brewery put out a lager that I think finished at 19 Play-Doh, but I know people make sugar, sugar lagers these days, too, so it's hard to guess. Um, Hillary? Yeah, Hillary, what do you got? If it's all malt driven, help us out here. Yeah. We were talking about off air. We were talking about how important it is about air, or if we ever could get to a point of educating people about malts. I think this might be a beer that does works that. towards that. It certainly is more malt driven, but it's always so hard when you add in like roasting and the malting process or the roasting process right. on top of what the malts are or what the grains could have been. Um, Could have been. Look right. at you. So it's probably. <laughs> You're like, they burnt my beautiful mall. <laughs> well, she burns her we own talk, mall. We talked a lot about this on the farm actually this past weekend. A lot of people we brought out were really impressed with not only the fact that they are malting everything on site, which is what a malt house does, obviously, but with the fact that all of the grains that they were malting and selling as Rabbit Hill Farms grains are grown on the property as well. So, not to. I don't want it brushed over that point you just made, Hillary, that there are two very distinct skills and arts in the, on the malt side of things. Growing is one thing, and malting, is a, there's a lot you can do or mess up with the grain on the malting side also. Sure. I mean, this one's definitely driven by roasts, and I, I hear what you're saying about that smoky character, but I think that that's just the roast. Like, I don't get smoked yeah, malt like either. It's just phenol. like whatever the phenol is. Yeah, but, coming from the but I guess it's, it might smell a little like duct tape and, <laughs> duct tape and glass. Um, I get so I'm done with it, which clearly speaks highly of it, and I moved on to one of your beers, which we're gonna have to come to, because that's pretty. Drink that, you're gonna want to drink that. Um, I only drink out of duct tape glass. It's <laughs> my new rule. Um, Stark? Stark, what are you getting off that glass there? It's almost in between like a session stout and like a Czech dark lager. Really like it. Is it, is it, do, so I completely agree with everything you just said, but what was weird for me was it was binary. It was either acting like a session milk stout or stout yeah. or like a dark, it wasn't like it had characteristics of both. It was, it kept switching for me which it was giving me in each sip. Interesting. Stark, yeah. where would you drink it? Like, in what scenario might you have a beer like this? I would or? drink this every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. All right. I, work. I, I, I agree with that. Session sad. Yeah, it is, it is very drinkable because it's not super heavy. You know, yep. it is yeah. on that lighter end of yep. the spectrum. Agreed. Yeah, so I would it, drink it could this fit every anywhere. Day. It drinks just like Guinness, so I'm yeah. drinking this every well, day. It fits anywhere. Well, to, yeah, like, the fact that it doesn't land anywhere for me is what keeps me drinking anything, right? The fact that I still haven't found where those two things connect in my three ounces are like, well, then we got to drink more of that. Yeah. But also it doesn't feel like it would get you in a ton of trouble, right? Start, yeah. Like, this feels like our level of drinking alcohol right like so when stark and i do drink together we drink 97 beers together right we've never had a beer together but so we're always kind of super careful what we do that well it's interesting you'd say that because this is a beer that people tend to in the culture and the people around it tend to not drink very much at all it's a little brewery uh and uh what's it yeah it's getting that's why i drink it's just the fresh cans have the uh, (laughs) the 
fresh cans have the. Uh, what, what's the problem with that? What the yeah. problem with that is what we've put around it, because this is and I've drank all the Guinness in the world. Well, you know, I was kind huge of huge fan of Guinness. You, this is I know, but I won't drink because you didn't get a talk for the last I fifteen minutes. <laughs> but here's the problem: I didn't get the nitro from it. Well, somebody said nitro. Did you crack it? Yeah, first, at first I thought it was nitro. Somebody said nitro. So here's what I'm saying. But here's what I'm saying. I there is a the thing about Guinness, whether it's old or new, whether it's New York or Ireland, whatever it is, I always get that kind of roasted apple on a steel knife, kind of the sour potential of Guinness. The fermentation. But, you know, but there's a sour bit to all Guinnesses, right? Well, that, originally it was it was actual sour that they added back. Now it's lactic acid. Okay, but what I'm saying is there's, there's an amount of that tart apple steel knife thing that is the middle of all that roastiness. And I'm like, oh, that's Guinness. And even when I make my little 3.8% stout, I avoid those flavors because those are Guinness. Right. We don't need to do that. Let's do something different. Like I like doing that big ridiculous toastiness and then toning that out with lactose. Um, but what I'm saying is I got none of that, but I think that's because the beer you've given me of yours is sour. I've been drinking your barn beer all day and I think, any sour aspect of this palate was lost in yeah. that amount of acid. You know what I mean? Well, also, so, so interesting. I, I mean, it should technically have been, I guess, a little more perceived sour because I cracked it early so you guys wouldn't hear it because it has uh, a distinct sound with the widget inside of the. I beer. love your commitment to the blind. It's 25 minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it not only did it release a lot of that in can nitrogen, but nitrogen will give a perception of a. Uh, higher pH, right? So the more nitro nitrogen in solution, it gives a perception of up to like 0.2. So Guinness, I think, is packaged. It's like close to like a 3.839 beer. It's a yeah. quite sour beer. But then that amount of nitrogenation brings it yeah. up to a point of like 4 or 4.1 in perception, a beer that's that like, wouldn't I'm so sour. glad you said in perception. I was like, I can change the pH <laughs> with my pH choice. This is a thing I've never obsessed on for a whole year. I guess, <laughs> I mean, what carbonic acid will change. I mean, well, you know, so you weren't here back then, but you've definitely suffered the legacy of it. I believe our, everybody who says Augie's, you know, dogmatic and won't change. I like carton of milk carbonated, but I like it really prickly, really toasty, really, you know, burnt French bread, you know, black edges of pizza level toast. And we did a nitro run of it at some point for fun to make Jesse happy. And however many employees we had at that point, let's say six, five of them looked at me and said, this is how we're making this beer from now on. And we only make carton of milk as a nitro beer now because it, it adds the softness of those edges. But you're a black coffee drinker. I am a black mm -hmm. coffee drinker and I am a big fan. Of, so the joke is I don't really like sweet beers. Anybody who listens to this show or brews with me knows that. But my name is Carton. We had to do a milk beer. Yeah, you're but I was in like, jail. So <laughs> I mean, you can end up in Brewer's Jail if you don't make Carton of milk, um, especially back then when puns were all we had. Before lactose, we had puns. Um, but anyway, uh, but so poor Jesse. All the things I asked Jesse to do, I was like, so you're going to make a perfectly clean beer, and then I'm going to put diacetyl in it. <laughs> like powdered diacetyl we you know we, i want to make a milk stout that isn't sweet at all and jesse would just look at me like what the fuck is wrong with you dude but so the the approach to that was just make it the darkest most bitter ridiculous three percent beer ever made and then we'll just add the milk to be like cream and coffee like not to sweeten it to take the edges off but i still like some edges and then the nitro took all those edges off and that became the beer we now make 12 years later i have a question for the crew how good is guinness guys yeah oh, well, so the first sip i took of it i almost said this is guinness and you should have you would have won yeah. you would have won, you won we could have finally ended this show after eight fucking years <laughs> this torture could have ended without john hall like it, it, yeah it that threw you off and that's why you were like schwarzbeard yeah. uh yeah. But also, congratulations, you won the head brewer a position at Carton Brewing. <laughs> um, he actually just earned his way out of it. I know. That was the joke. He was stuck in that position for six but years, I, I think. How long were you our head brewer? Four years? Three years? No, um, Ten years? Felt like years? a million years. Fifty-two years? <laughs> well, it was years of struggle because it was during the pandemic, too, so it wasn't... Fucking horrible. Anyway, <laughs> tell us about Ireland real quick. Did you already do that on one of these things? No, I don't know. We went to Ireland. My whole family, all 
13 people that are my line of the Carton family got on a bus with a guy named Dougie Baby who drove us through. Why? I mean, what do you guys do when you have a tag in your shirt? You pull the tag out. Um, we just, we just casually ripped the back tag. That was tag. not that casual. It was, no, it, it was wasn't casual. casual. So we, we've got, <laughs> hey, like a pool, hey thieves at home, we've introduced a, a new boat t-shirt that I just wore for a video downstairs, and it's under this sweater, and the fucking new tag on the new shirt was making me crazy. It looked like you were, it was like the pull string on, on the, on the <laughs> so doll. It's like, like, boat beer, boat beer, <laughs> If you pull it fast enough, I get higher and faster. Um, Anyways, all right. God damn it with the phones! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> poor Dave. Uh, let's see. So what was I going to say? What, what just happened? Oh, Ireland. so so here's what I'll tell you. I did not have a single good Guinness in Dublin. And I think Dublin should apologize to me for that. I've been of this opinion. Nope. Um, I've been of... The, I had them... At Guinness with my face up. Um, well, I tells you why. It's <laughs> <laughs> I have been. I have been of the opinion that the biggest difference in service between Ireland and America, forgetting all the myths, forgetting the pasteurization, because we all know how beer is made. You don't not pasteurize half your production. Yeah. That's a lot. But I think it's serving temperature, and I think serving temperature and the time of a proper pour. Let's it warm up even a couple more degrees. Everywhere I was in Ireland was either a hotel bar that was pouring at Coors Light 10 or somebody who was rushing the draft because it was a busy city. The minute I left Ireland, every Guinness you I mean had... Dublin. I'm sorry, Dublin. Exactly, thank you. Every, every Guinness I had, every Smittix I had, every Murphy's I had, outside Dublin was exactly the way it should be. Like, I, the minute, I forget the first time we stopped in, maybe it was Kilkenny, but we went into a bar, said, you know, we'll have five Guinness and pints. five Red You don't Guinness. have to say Guinness, you say Pints. I mean, it's the only place I feel I like on earth. You have it, so. Yeah. And, but, and five Red Rests, right? Because now we're traveling, now we're just getting on off buses, so one Guinness, one whiskey per stop was the rule. And I was like, oh yeah, no, that's what I remember. But everything we did those first two days in Dublin was cold, poured fast, and no care given. And that's, that's I think that's so a giant mistake. I, I don't know that that's true, man. No, was the last time you were Grave over? Diggers. When was uh, the last time you were over? Stag's Head. Was like, those places over? are incredible. They're like... Crossroads, is it? Uh, Cobblestones? Yes. That's the, where they play the music? Yeah. On, like, Friday? Yeah. Cobblestone. It's everywhere you go in Ireland, they play music every day. And everywhere. That's my rule. You hear music, you go in and get There's a one bar that's, like, specific for, like, Friday night, you go in For the crack? Yeah. For the crack. Stark, are you telling me about the crack? For the session. <laughs> no, so... Sorry, good crack is what I'm all about. But everywhere in Dublin, though, and it, they serve Guinness, and Guinness is... I love how you say Guinness like you're a young person from the Midwest. Dan Suarez makes fun of me. Guinness. So we were out drinking Guinness at the so, mall. Yeah, well, I, it was my first job in beer was Guinness. But um, the, the, the idea that you walk in, like, you walk into a place and ask for a pint. What I meant was, like, you just ask for a pint and they pour you a brand of beer, yeah. right? And where else on earth? Is it, oh, you know, yeah. like universally in every pub, in, you know, it, like a drink, a culture that's known for drinking, drinking a beverage that's been, that was, I could talk about. Do you not drink Murphy's down south? Yeah. You're supposed to, yeah, that <laughs> comes in pints. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, I mean, people do drink, and, and then there's the Conor McGregor's forged Irish. Style. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Someone I just saw, dropped a I can saw, of that off at the brewery. Really? We haven't yeah, opened it yet. <laughs> it's now. getting a push around here. Like, I've seen... Steroids. <laughs> MMA. Is that what it is? Will it make me feisty? Is it like four loco stout? That'll be good. No, just kidding, Connor. It's a great beer. <laughs> Connor, just so you know, man. Evan's second or third or fourth. So it goes trout fishing, beer brewing, family, I think boxing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just letting you know, Connor, if you're looking for a battle, my friend here brought mitts to this party three years ago. Anyways, uh, yeah, I just I wanted you to wax poetically about Ireland, but you were like the 
Guinness and Dublin sucks. So. The Guinness and Dublin sucks. I do like it cold though. I like I, I yeah, I don't mind it. They went but through you a like thing bitter. Where, it's bitter when it's cold. They went through a thing in the in the UK during like mid two thousand. They tried refrigeration cold. but gave up on it. Well they did extra cold. There was that two years where so they could get refrigeration. You could get Guinness <laughs> draft and Guinness extra cold. Mm-hmm. And they would serve it like at thirty three Fahrenheit. And I was like and Is I that how you steal it. another tap handle? Like, you're over there, you're like, we can give you different Guinness? Like, well, I'll tell you this. Think about the genius. What about hard? What, why can't they bring bass back? Think why can't we just get a those, fucking bass? Those are a handful of things, but think about the genius of Guinness, right? There are many geniuses of Guinness. Arthur Guinness, a roasting malt, the whole story. But the genius Literally, of a book of absurdities. Ge- well, you know, they had the pint of plain, and the porter, the, the doxman's beer that came out of two casks in and, and, and Ireland. And they it was simulating, you know, like gravity casks, you know, not the hand-drawn stuff. But it would they would pour two pours, two-part pours, like it still is today, and they top it off. And it was this soft, beautiful, dark-looking... You can we'll we'll post the video on the uh, Steal the Spear Facebook page. <laughs> you heard that, Justin? The pint of plain video, <laughs> Justin, from YouTube, which is something. amazing. But anyways, he decided when people stopped drinking cask beer, and you know the drunks of Ireland, you know I come from and I can talk about it. But the, they they started drinking cocktails and they started drinking uh, lager beers, right, and carbonated beers. And they were like, we're gonna nitrogenate this beer to emulate this pint of plain plain uh, uh, pint st- of plain. Yes, yeah, style. And, you know, or a hand-pulled style of beer. We're going to do this. And then we're going to give these bars... We're going to tell them you have to use... Give? Well, you know, or, but the, you have to use G-Mix, right? And you go to New York City, anywhere that has Guinness, they've got a line. Yeah. It's all CO2, you know, for the most part. It depends on what they're doing. And then there's a separate setup entirely for Guinness. Isn't that amazing? I don't think you're right on that. Every bar I've ever been they in the, the back room of New York, they're just pouring beer mix. Yes, but... yeah. They're all just using beer. You're That's right. what You're Guinness right. did, was make every other beer taste less good. Right? They're like, no, we'll come up with this. It'll serve our purpose, and we'll set up this thing in every bar. Nobody else will ever be able to use our tap because of the coupler. And we'll change the beer mix. Like, and they did, though. Right? Of course they did. They wouldn't put on old Scotty Vaccaro's uh, Fresh Chester Pale Ale. They would get Guinness, and they'd go jump all Scotty those. Vicaros, they would jump through those hoops to make it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna show Everybody, you. look at that! Look at that! It's a bad pour. He just no, it's yeah. a perfect pour. It's a perfect pour. That's a perfect pour. Heavy Urkel. Or old men, or if you're a hip brewery. Have I ever told you a story about being in Miami with John Hall for a beer fest, doing this show, and John Hall makes it over to the Dogfish Head Miami pub that was like there for six months. It was a reinvention of the Sam Adams pub when that merger happened. We were trying to get over there because, you know, we all love Sam and we all love those guys. But we're like, let's let's get over here. And I was like, I'm tied up. I need to do this with the brewery. You go, I'll meet you over there. I never made it. But when he was there, on their menu at the time, they had a slow-pour, lucre-poured beer on a dogfish. But to get it slow-poured was a dollar more. <laughs> and Hall just puts on a Instagram for, you know, whatever his Instagram is, he's like, Dogfish head, always leading the way, cutting edge, the lucre tax. And within five minutes of him posting that, the general manager of the restaurant sought him out, said hello, shook his hand, and started talking to him. And he got a text from Caligio. And he's like, is that not normal? And I don't know. I believe everything Caligio ever says. But he's like, wait, does not everybody do that? He's like, he's like, he's like it's more work. And Chad was like... No, definitely not. Nobody's charging <laughs> extra for a lucre pour of any luggage. Who? They'd be the richest brewery in the world because yeah. I'd still drink it. Well, people that listen to this at home and get frustrated saying lucres were designed to pour fast beer, not. That, but the joke we're making, because you guys don't have the video I have, is uh, Sark just walked over to our lucre of whip and just pulled himself the fastest pour of whip I've ever seen in my life. But that's what that faucet's designed for, is fast pour. But uh, anyways, that's anyway. It's not a debate. What yeah. beer am I drinking here? Yeah, what's your beer we're drinking? Uh, it's it's oh, fun. That is, uh, yeah, we do a beer called Tangerines and String Quartets, which is uh, we call it a, a hoppy mixed culture beer. We basically brew one of our pale ale bases instead of dry hopping it when it's done. We move it into one of our non-jacketed stainless blending tanks, which uh, we rinse but never really clean, so they keep some resident culture in there after. 
What is clean? <laughs> yeah. Have <laughs> just looked at us like, tell me more about this clean. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, then we dry hop them with different things. So we do a, a bunch of versions of this dry hop with different hops. And then after the dry hopping, we that. add one of our single strain Brett cultures and then package it sans any further so this priming is sugar. conditioned with just what was the... Or, Final Plato plus Brett. Correct. So this pale ale will finish at like two, so like ten oh eight, um, and the Brett strain. Will Wait, take your it. pale ale finishes at two. You make the sweetest beers in the world. How do you we do, do it? How do you keep it under beers. control? It depends you on get the gravities I've never seen. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I love it. How you get the efficiencies you get out of that system? Uh, you guys are very good brewers. <laughs> One of your malts are in here. Oh, it's the malts. Malt. Hey, look at me. What a segue. <laughs> if only I knew what I was doing. What malts are in this? Uh, so it's paleo based. So this is actually this is fifty fifty uh, Arturo and Hillary's Pilsner malt. Then this is an Amanda question because we've been switching up. This Amanda, is probably, if only you'd made this is it. Probably malted wheat and shit, and that's it. I don't think there's any oats in this. I can't beer. believe he convinced you to switch over to an sh pronunciation of shit. <laughs> um, but it, it's really wonderful. It reminds me of friends in, uh, in a certain time when we started our brewery that have moved on to like Hudson Valley Brewing and my buddy Derek that were making like Brett Forward hoppy dry hopped beers. Yeah. And, and then Mike Ringaneshi at Hudson Valley was making more kind of acidic ones. But I just love the way that hops play with Brett with a little bit of acid underneath it. And I don't think there are very few of these beers and anytime I drink something like this, I'm like, why was, I mean, obviously that's been the question we've had all day is why don't more people want to do the things we want to do? <laughs> but I, when I drink beers like this, it makes me really happy. But I do, was, you, do you sell a lot of these beers? We do very small runs of these. Uh, so from a volume perspective, no. Uh, what is we, this monstrosity? That's a, yeah, that's a different, that's a different <laughs> beer. Um, Oh, that's but yeah, fun. We do, that makes you want we to do different dry hops every time, and we'll only we can these by hand using like a homebrew October okay. seamer. Um, so we're doing like 10 or 15 cases of cans at okay. a time. At, no, and then the rest goes into kegs for draft. Do you, but we do you different put them out? Do people know you're doing them and seek them out? Cause yeah, they sell quickly when we do them, yeah. but it's not a ton of beer. No, I, get, so, I totally yeah. Like, you have to do that. Like, my problem is I'm too big to really do that when I want to. Right. Because that's right. what I would do is I would make a can-conditioned beer every week and just have 15 cases of it, of a different one, and you take it home, you yeah. keep it in your cell, you drink it at your thing. Yeah, we so can't like do one, that run. This one without a label I just opened is the Saz Cascade version. We just do a different dry hop every time, and we have a lot of fun with it's it. It's a Saz Cascade. So wait, let's talk about this, because here, here, I want to get you That's a beer that no this. one's going to like, but since we're no, making, no, 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 making but juice here's the today. Here's the thing. We're, well, we're not making juice today, because we're culching it, so True. it's going to end up at one Play-Doh. But this is a fucking... This is... But here's what I'm saying. When I talk about the fact that I'm never going to yell about anybody making these fucking easy juice beers is they make me happy when they're done well this is a super sweet beer tons of hops but the body isn't cloying and it's fun to fucking this drink. is super sweet. this is his you don't think this i haven't is... tasted oh, it yeah. no this is a sweet. this is a bomb idea like this is a bomb it's also idea. almost 10 percent, so be mindful and this is Saz and Cascade? No, no, no. <laughs> this is Saz and Cascade. <laughs> <laughs> just no, no, what? Too many what was in this one? Steal this beer. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is a cool beer. I like it. Here's the Saz and Cascade. Yeah. Saison. That's what I wanted. That's why, yeah, that's not that's why I poured you that. This. That's why I poured you that before that you is... got this, and that's why I chugged that. Yeah. I'm going to be John Hall, too, and say, guys, we don't have headphones on, <laughs> so we can't talk over each other. Disagree. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Um, yeah, that's lovely. But again, so everybody, so maybe not everybody agrees with me. I know everybody at this table agrees with me because it'd be foolish not to or I'll just keep talking. But what I'm saying is I think everybody says, oh, yeah, I miss sitting. Remember when I said this, we're just going to sit around, drink beers and bullshit, and that's what we're going to fucking do. But the drinking beer and bullshit fuel is the types of beers we're drinking. And I'll even, I'll even maybe build that around Gibbs. Right, like oh, yeah. smaller beers, fun to drink, but not so crazy. You got to talk about them. Like even your CBD lemonade beer, 
I was like, oh, yeah, I think it's lemonade, tastes good, moving on, let's get back to talking, right? So I think the inspiration to try to blow people's heads off is part of the problem, right? That was, I was so excited when you said about the Guinness, you're like, it, it, yeah, I love it, it serves a purpose, I want another one, I want it, but it's not the show, and that's what we talk about when, you know, those traditions, I mean, like the German beers or, or you know, uh, All of us. any we'll sesh, session. It's like, yeah, it, it's the it's such a good session scenario. You know? Well, to hit to hit a to hit a nail, I think we we tapped before those terrible fests when people walk up like, "What's your lightest? What's your strongest?" My lightest beer is carton of milk stout. It's three eight. Even boats four two, right? Like carton of milk is three eight. So when people are like, "What's your lightest?" and I I used to like kind of apologize like, "I'm not fucking with." Right. This is my lightest beer. I know you meant and almost I am, clear. And I am fucking with you because <laughs> I'm fucking Because I'm all you fucking carton. That's what I do. Um, but you know what I mean? It, my lightest beer in both flavor dynamics and alcohol is my milk stack. Yeah. Right? I think that's, that's an association that people have had for a long time that the darker in color, the higher the alcohol content. That's something that, yeah. you, like, when you talk to people, that's an assumption that they've made for a long time. I think, it, I think it's limited, but I think that's 100% marketing. Right? That's great taste, less filling makes people believe anything darker than that is more filling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like forget all that. It's just, it's successful marketing yeah. for different purposes, and the bycatch of that bullshit messaging is. Great taste, less filling. So bass is too filling. Like at that minute, when you make that beer, great taste, less filling. When I was a, in my early teens, you make anything to the right of that on the SRM scale more filling. Heavy. And you bring that back to Guinness too. How many times have you heard like, "Ooh, I don't, I don't need a Guinness too heavy." Absolutely it's not heavy at all. And Hillary <laughs> said when she was tasting, she's like, "Not knowing blind, you were like, oh, it's so light, it's yeah. so refreshing." You kept saying those things. I was like. Yes, I love, in, yep. you know, that's true about Guinness. I'm like, oh, it's so, I can drink them, if there's one beer I can drink the most of, and I've proven it time and time <laughs> It is, it is uh, old Arthur Guinness's. Uh, I will go old back Arthur. to also Arthur Guinness, and so the other thing that's gotten too sweet as, as along with beer is most whiskeys. And the fun of being in Ireland was a properly grown up dry whiskey next to a Guinness. Right? Well, you're in luck, Isn't that the difference? Here's did you bring me a whiskey? Here's oh. a Jeroboom of whiskey you have to drink right now. It's an audio podcast. Did you say Jeroboom? <laughs> and if so, can I steal that from you? Because that's what I want to say from, from now on. Jeroboom, motherfucker. Later than that. <laughs> We're going to say, oh, you brought us a, you brought us a mag, right? You a magnum. <laughs> hey, hey, Dave. A magnum. Dave, a mag can you hear me? A magyard gnome. Can you open some of those planting jerseys? Um, how many so I was going to say, though, this, <laughs> the whiskey difference there, isn't that the American, like, bourbon tradition with yeah. lots of corn and but, lots of sweetness versus, yeah. like, yeah. single malt and yes, other whiskeys and, and no. scotches? Every, but everything's sugar. chased that more vanilla, more sugar, yeah. happy Van Winkle recipe, right? Which is American. So even in the world of bourbon, right. yeah. even in... What? That's wheat, but it's what she's saying. Makers. No, but what I'm saying is, Pappy was this thing that was kind of a nice treat because it was so sweet, it was so smooth, and so whatever, and then it catches the thousand dollar a bottle bid, and everybody's like, how do we get more like Pappy? Well, more vanilla, more sugar. Yeah. But that's trickled down to, that's what tequilas now taste like. There are scotches, which were classically the driest of all the classic brown whiskeys that are now... Almost, you know, almost iced tea. And so right now, if I'm out, I'm drinking proper Irish, rye, or Canadian. Right? Proper 12? <laughs> I don't know what that is. What's the Did Irish whiskey? Did the Irishman when you were over there? No, we were drinking a lot of red. We were drinking a lot. So I red, just red, found red, out red. all the things. What are they red, called? Red. What is the Jameson place called? The, the actual place they make the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> distillery? No, 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 no. It's got another name. It's like Tripoint or... It does. Uh, but there's a whiskey museum right there. So we right went there. We had a tour. We, so our trip was a bus tour, right? Because it was like 20 cartons. Imagining, imagine the arguing if we were allowed to give opinions on what we should do tomorrow. Yeah. Mom wants to go to a church. Laura wants to go to a museum. Augie wants to go to a bar. Katie wants to go to a port. 
Augie wants to go to a bar. Augie still <laughs> wants to go to a bar. And if everywhere you guys are going have a bar, and it might, we're fine. I'll go to Mom's church as long as I just want to go to a museum. Augie wants to go to a bar. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you, sir. I don't know. You were looking for it. I just oh, Look I, at that sweet shirt. There. Look at that sweet new shirt. It's behind um, the case there, I believe. But anyway, um... I guess we should end the show because yeah. I forgot how many, what I was saying. Well, that's okay. How many minutes are it? Four hours and 22 minutes. Well, we, maybe we <laughs> should end with a toast to the so yeah. what we did. Right. What we did was let Dave select a whole bunch of planning jerseys from the cellar. This is 2020 planning Ooh. jerseys. So you would have brewed this. Yeah, I did. I saw the bottle in my house a bit. Is it super tart? I don't think you guys are going to like it. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to. Keep that one it. was way Belgian-y. It's not anymore. When it was bought. So it's it's kind. Of, what's funny is it's kind of sweet. It's kind of interestingly like sugar sweet. Um. So planning Jersey. Just so you guys know what we're doing, what brings us all together on planning Jersey Day, is if you listen to the first episode, Evan was on eight years ago. He explains to me his spring clippings and autumn clippings of a bee's hive and. All the malts being local and all the hops being local. Obviously, the water is local. And his barn beer project, and he foolishly says to me, I think everybody should do one. That would be the best world ever. And I said, well, can I do one? And it took us three or four years, and one of the things we needed was Hillary doing the Hillary thing. She got us some real New Jersey malts. We get our hops from a farm about two miles from here called Oasis which is a very special project. I'd appreciate it if you thieves would look that up because they're a great group doing a great job, but it's a farm entirely um, serviced by people on the autistic spectrum. Super great. They do our hops. And then the yeast is off a beehive from my next door neighbor's beehives. And we do it every year and that's all we do. We kind of do it shabbily like this where we take it seriously to the day brewing, and then we just let it do what it's going to do. We don't temperature control it. We just let it run wild. We usually ferment it. Actually, I wonder how long you are, but we'll leave this in a tank for like three or four months now because that's all that tank's for. Yeah, I've said over and over again not to, but you guys do. <laughs> I know. I do it like a month or two months. But we, so, we've so developed we... a little motto at our brewery, either short tank or short oak and long glass. And get <laughs> long it in package and let it sit in the bottom. I know. I might clear something up because I've hear, heard Augie <laughs> on the podcast say that I say this. But no. I was like... No, no, no. Glass is an underestimated yeah. uh, aging vessel. Yeah. Last year we shortened it a little bit. Yeah. Previous years we have let it go. But anyway, so this has been a long, ongoing. This is the fifth anniversary of this project. This is the fifth time we've all gotten together and done this. Sorry, thanks for joining us. But so what I did was ask Dave to go to my cellar, which is the cardboard flat next to my desk. And find some old jersey for us to drink. So this is the 2020 vintage, which means we would have brewed this on my 50th birthday and released it in 2021. Um, I taste a lot of the food. But this would be... Like you are just talking about whiskey. I taste like... But a, this yeah, is dead center COVID. This I is when we had yeah. my birthday party under the tents that Stark had to bring us because it was pouring in my backyard. I don't um, think that was interesting because you're sitting here next to me. That was an interesting birthday. Let me take you down. Because <laughs> we're coming. You <laughs> fucked a lot of my friends up. What? All right. So people I fell get, into fires. People. I got a... Um, people named Augie fell into fire. I get a lot of lemonade. <laughs> Again, we're getting back to that rose. Did you put CBD in this year? Yeah. So, I got, I, so I'll tell you, it's like a vanilla fresco right now. Like, it's got all that it's kind of library and all that fooder. And you, you had a heavier char on or toast on that fooder originally. We've used the same fooder every year, so that should be fair. No, it, it has blown up yet. What's that? Yeah, I'm blown up yet. <laughs> <laughs> Starts giving me shit. No, well, because I actually said to the poor guy who's doing it today, I was like, watch when he leaves. He likes to bug it up and see I what said, happens. I said the same thing to Brian. I was like, don't let him in the first yeah, don't let him anywhere near any valves. I don't know. We've probably gone over this, but that that quick story, and then we got to get out. I guess do we, so. we can do a third episode. Nobody has any idea what time we're right now. We have it's, no clue. It's, it's probably not working. It's probably out of battery. Yeah, the worst part is it's very possible this thing failed. And but that, was, another... that was the first year. It was 2019. We're so excited about it. I almost said stoked, but I'm not cool enough to say that. Well, we're, I mean, that shirt is stoked. We were excited. It's my drug rug. Uh, we were 
we were excited to do it, and, and I was like, I, I wanted to show everybody that this yeast that they've cultivated from raw honey, everybody's skeptical about it, that's really going to ferment uh, 20 barrels of wort, right? 20 yeah. barrels, is that it? Uh, I think it was, it was probably the full 30. Yeah, we did. 30, yeah. yeah. So 30 barrels of wort. I'm like, guys, this is going to work. And I wanted to prove it to everybody by, I knew actually the second turn, you know, 15 barrels and 15 barrels, by the second turn, it'd be fermenting. It'd be ripping. So I closed the valve on the on the fooder to bring everybody so I could open it up and it would go in the bucket. And everybody like, oh, it's alive. It's amazing. And then we proceeded to go to Augie's house and get really drunk. And <laughs> really good at drunk. Yeah, and, and other things. And I woke up in his house at like 4.30 in the morning. And I was like, holy shit, I, I did not open that valve. We're all in danger. And so I was like, the, I was sea, like, the sea Street Ferry is not running tomorrow. I was just like, because my, of it. I had like restless leg syndrome yeah. until like six when Augie like went to the bathroom. I was like, we got to go to the brewery. <laughs> I, I almost got it. I went on Uber. I remember in his house, I was like, I'm going to get an Uber to the brewery because my car wasn't I'm going to figure out how to break I, in. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to try to get this open because I'm going to blow up their brewery. Sure enough. Um, well, to be fair, there were just sure splinters. Enough, right yeah. but, <laughs> but when you let it go, it made it loud. Dude, it almost voice. made it to the stratosphere, dude. <laughs> All wow. right, so we're going to wrap this up. I, I've made another uh, live post on Sealess Beer where I somehow made it look like the world's blindest mosquito was looking at Evan. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> it's only six frames instead of 97, but that's how mosquitoes see. Anyway. That CBD is really good. <laughs> Jeremy, Reed, Jeremy Reed sent us this question on oh Steal This Beer Facebook. Does Evan ever think about his beers in wine terms the way Augie sometimes does? Part two. Does the sudden interest in natural wine and related things like co-fermenting influence any I, I, any of it just says any that either of do either of you <laughs> do in yes. sour tart acid driven beer space do I think of my beers I mean I'm just hey get us get us y'all <laughs> no, you make all those beers you just asked sour tart yeah I mean I don't think we think about our beers in wine sense but we certainly draw a lot of inspiration from process from old world wine. Um, I mean, something as simple as like, I mean, you've seen our barrel wall against the back. They're all chucked in and on racks. We can't move anything. It's, it's not the easiest to work with sometimes, but you know, it's kind of how you did it back in the mm. day and that's how we do it now. So I, I don't know. I think we draw a lot of inspiration from a lot of things yeah. and wine certainly one of them. Low intervention wines being paramount in that world probably, but well, let me ask that oh, question. Boy, I think wine diet tribe. That's <laughs> what I was trying to get out of this. Let me ask you two questions. He's about to get behind oh, the baseball. The way, the way I think you said it. John, John, where are you? So let's, go, let's go under baseball. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is, have you ever had something, had those flavors connect to you like beer and tried to deconstruct those flavors and reassemble them as a beer, right? So when I'm, when, when the question he asks makes me think of like, like I make a beer purposefully to do flavor wise what like a Chal Blanc VNA does because I was drinking it and it was like, can we bleep that out when you said that? <laughs> kind of like cooked pineapple, warm booze, good body, like a viscous oily white wine. I was like, we could do that in beer. And then I was like, all right, so how do I go make that happen in beer? You know what I mean? Not, it wouldn't taste anything like that wine, but those flavors are all yeah. beer flavors. So can I assemble them that way? Have you ever done anything like that? Like I was just thinking. Eating of, a hot dog and been like, okay. well, the sauerkraut. Oh, you got Blanc or whatever, and I got a hot dog? <laughs> the sauerkraut. But I love doing that. I love doing that. Like, what you put on your hot dog says what you're going to like all in right. beer, right? If you use ketchup Speak instead of mustard, down. mustard people are sour people, ketchup people are hazy people, right? Sugar versus like the acidity and the acidity and mustard versus the sweetness and ketchup tells me what beer you're going to like, you know, onions are sweet sauerkraut. Like I can, I, if you tell me how you order your hot dog, I can cut my beers in half for you. Was right? the question what more like? about replicating process or 
No, like the said, intent of said, wine, like wine culture wine and process <laughs> versus like wine he flavor said, Evan in beer. Think about his beers in wine terms the way Augie sometimes does. All right, so I'm trying to translate so that for him. Right, but I think you think a I lot more about replicating flavors, right. and Evan thinks a lot more about replicating process and intent. Or ignoring that. No, no, actually, that's very astute. And I will say, Fair. yes, in that way, I do think about, you know, it's an agricultural product. We have more of a natural understanding of wine as an agricultural product versus beer and all that stuff. Because you go to a vineyard, there are grapes, yada, yada, yada. But what I would want for the end of this episode is for you to... If anybody ever hears Yes, is for you to say different, like, fancy styles of wine... <laughs> And then for Cass or Justin Kennedy to bleep them out. <laughs> so can you, can you rattle off some fancy Well, can I just talk and they can just hit bleeps and they can yeah. see what I'm saying? Why don't you say, we're just going to bleep them? I'm serious. Yeah. Okay. Can you do it? Can you talk about some what fancy do you wines? Know? Just do like, what's a really fancy white wine you're excited to drink? Maybe tonight. Just say it. Lafon. Okay, bleep that. But talk about <laughs> see, then talk about it. Okay, kosherie. Yeah. Oh, and then talk about it? Yes. So kosherie, what's fun about kosherie, and I don't have any kosherie in the cellar I can share with you guys, but it's <laughs> one of the most expensive, hardest to get, most ridiculous Chardonnays in the world, but it's 100% bread affected, which is poison in wine, right? Wine people, if they get bread, lose their fucking minds. Which wine? Kosherie. Bleep it again. <laughs> um, but it's, it's 100%. It's like they pick... The worst barrels and blend that in every time. And it's this fucking horsey, ridiculous white burgundy. And every time I drink it, I'm like, I love it. It smells like horse shit, fucking cherries. And I was like, yeah, isn't it great? I'm like, but you know it's Brett. And people that have learned wine but don't know fermentation are like, can't be. Brett's a bad thing. I'm like, no, you fucking love Brett. It's a thing. And red one, real quick. Domain Romney Conti. Say it again. <laughs> See, that's how it's gonna feel. That's what we gotta drink. That's the greatest wine in the world. And why, All right. Why, real quick? Why? Yeah. And fifteen words or less. <laughs> There's thousand, ten thousand bottles a year from the most desired property in France, which was specified five hundred years ago. And what's it called again? Domino. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. This is when Cass tells you that you must go on Apple, write a rave review of both Planning Jersey and everybody's businesses and our, what's it called? Podcast. Um, and then after that, you must send us patrons on Patreon and you must get at us. <laughs>